0: Hello, and welcome to ASCII's podcast show, Can We Talk, Conversations in Early Childhood Education. Today's episode, a conversation with Anne Pellow on starting from a place of vision and values, was taken from a larger discussion with the community of practice facilitated by Nancy Baberstock and Paula Hanadel, in which Anne shared insights from her book, From Teaching to Thinking. Anne Pellow is an educator, program consultant, and author whose work focuses on reflective pedagogical practice, social justice, and ecological teaching, learning, and mentoring. Please note, this conversation was taken from a live virtual event, and some parts have been edited to make your listening experience more comfortable. We hope you enjoy listening. Could we maybe start with... Where we all like to start is starting from a place of vision and values you talk about that in your book and I think that that's can be challenging sometimes to discover our values and, and stand by them in in times that are difficult so maybe if you can explore that a little bit with us and how it's described in the book
1: mm-hmm. yes. many of us who are in any sort of leadership position you know, are, are always um, navigating that press of Things to do and things that need to be done efficiently, so we can move on to the next things that are waiting for us to do. And our focus can so often be on sort of organizational systems and structures, and and making policy. And and with educators, the presses on you know moving through the expectations of a day's schedule or of the the task list that we post in our classroom. And what gets lost in in all of that, if we're not thoughtful, if we're not intentional, if we're not really deliberate, is, is that tethering to the the deepest heart of what we're doing, the values that we hold that, that inform the decisions we make, the vision we hold for our work. Why are we doing this work? Why does this matter? None of us signed up for early childhood education to be efficient or to be good systems managers. I, I I would wager a lot on that. I would wager that we all showed up for this particular work because we felt a, a deep calling to live alongside children and families and educators. Again, in that spirit of that Tom Hunter song, because that's where we experience ourselves being most alive, most human, most available to the world. And, and we want to hang out in that space, that that lively, energized relational space. And and to do that well, I think we need to be quite articulate about the the values that we bring to that shared space, the convictions that we bring, all that sp- stuff that informs how we are how we bo- how we behave together that that we can be unintentional about unaware of or very deliberate about naming and using as as touch points as we move through our relational lives in community with each other so what is it that i care most about what are my most deeply held values for children what are my most deeply held values for educators what are my most deeply held values for Myself as a person trying to live in integrity, what do I care most about in the world? And and we can name those. I even try to call forward three core values that, that capture our deepest intentions. And for me, it's values around strengthening the capacity for joyful citizenship, for democracy, for participation in community, oriented around justice, around... Around being in community in a way that honors again all the people who are there, the people who we've been waiting for you to come to the space. So that so I have core values that are quite related to that. And and from that deep core value of commitment to the, the integrity of participation of all people come other values. What does it mean to to call forward other voices? What does it mean to use my voice? What does it mean to to listen rather than to use my voice you know there's all sorts of values that can spill from there but but i think if we aren't first intentional about naming the values that drive us the values that that shape our thinking that shape our, and inform our decisions then then we become reactive we become habitual we become sort of automatons rather than people consciously charting a course in community with other people I'm going to keep pausing. I could like go on and on, but I got to do that already. I got to write a book. So I'll pause and invite other thinking and, and voices in the conversation.
0: I think that's a great a great start to this conversation because I, I enjoy that question about starting from a place of vision and values to guide our practice. So like if that's always in our forefront. I actually had an NED one time that I worked for a long time ago and every day she would make sure that in the first thing she did in the morning was read that mission statement for the organization. So whatever happened that day, it was like front of mind. So even when our work with our um in our programs, with our children. And if you're uh, an educator and working directly with children, if you're an administrator, I feel that that's a really wonderful place to start.
1: That is such central, it's a central question, right? How do we create shared understandings, a shared vocabulary that references some shared values and shared practices without becoming sort of cookie-cutter practitioners or people just following some kind of script, right? The whole intention of being as human as we can be with each other is that we're doing this improvisational work of that is the, the art of being human rather than following the script. So as you're creating this, as you're all living collectively into this role of pedagogical leader, it's absolutely essential to have the conversations about the, again, the values, at the heart of being a pedagogical leader. What is this role about? And there will be different values that people bring to that. So, so some of the work I think of coming to some shared understanding is to start teasing apart roles that we're familiar with and this, this emerging role of pedagogical leader and, and looking at where there are distinctions, what are the purposes of each of these roles where are the divergences in the purposes of these roles? And with the, the idea of creating some shared understanding of what a pedagogical leader is, I think we can start, I think it's a powerful place to start with, seeing if we can, we first agree that our, our focus as pedagogical leaders is the, the emerging identities and and evolving identities of educators, that our focus is on educators, and their deep identities, you know, in that Parker Palmer framework of we're not talking about what is being taught. We're not talking about how something's being taught. We're talking about the identity and integrity of educators. Who are the people um, spending their days with children? And that's our concern. So starting with conversations about that. So what does it mean if we say educators are our primary concern, not as a way to get to the children. Again, Lillian Katz reminds us of that and I I write about that in the book, that we don't work with educators as a sneaky way to impact on children's experience. We certainly trust that supporting educators' well-being will help them in turn support children's well-being. But our first commitment has to be educators. So having that conversation, I think, is a really valuable starting place. What does it mean to say our commitment is educators and what does it mean to say our commitment um, is to educators n- not to educators, not to try and form them into little versions of ourselves or not to try and get them to meet some list we've established of what educators should do, but to take to heart this idea that our work is to engage with educators in the way we hope that they engage with children. So so that we're really living living the values that we hope they are living with children. If we hold values around inquiry, if we hold values around joy, if we hold values around um, improvisational teaching and learning, then, then those are the values we bring to our work with educators. So starting by exploring what any of that means to, to the collected group of pedagogical leaders, I think is important. So it's so that the beginning of the conversation is, is again is who are we as pedagogical leaders and then our practice you know f- follows from that but first who are we what do we care most about what does it mean to make a commitment to educators and to educators right to be thinkers to educators right to be innovators to educators right to be uncertain and to to wonder and to to ponder and to experiment what does any of that mean for us as a community? And then how do we begin to to, to put, put some form around these
0: core values? So I think you share that it's a complex task, that if you start from a place of value, you know, everyone's interpretation of how that is lived out, that's where the uniqueness
1: comes in. Mm-hmm. There's something I just want to throw in that you're reminding me of, Paula, that I think we've done as I've, I've experienced there in various gatherings with ASCII that is sometimes I think its it's been powerful for me and for groups that I've worked with, which is to first invite a group, for example, of people who are wanting to become pedagogical leaders or who are living into that identity to create a list of what what is it we hope for children. And sometimes I frame it as you know when when children leave this early childhood, program, what are, we hope they, you know, fill in the blank, 10 things, this is what we hope for children. And then, and then I often as a facilitator, take the list that's generated, and I just change out the word children with educators, and let the group hear that back. And then let that launch us into some consideration. Is this in fact, what we hope for educators? It was what we say we want for children. We, and it's usually beautiful things. We hope that children um, know themselves to be creative thinkers. We hope that children know that their contribution to the community matters. We hope that children n- know that they're loved. We hope that children um, know that their voice is necessary. You know, it's just always this, this powerful list. And what happens if we say educators instead of children? And how are we living that? And how are we not living that? And, and that's a great place to start exploring that idea of that principle of congruity. Am I in good alignment? Are my convictions about educators in alignment with my convictions about children? And where are they not in alignment? And what do we do if, when they're not?
0: So again, everyone, uh, thank you for joining us today. We were so glad that we had all of you here today. And thanks again to everyone for your uh, participation. Thank you, Anne, for sharing of yourself during this time. And thanks, everyone who participated. Thank you for your thoughts and for bringing yourselves to this session with Anne. It's always such a privilege to have Anne in our community.